1: And welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corbin and joining me as always on this Tuesday night is Emmanuel Pengos. Emmanuel, how are you?
0: Michael, it is week eight, I think, of remote potting and it's probably about week four of um, Parramatta's decline. So um, we're tracking both and um, you know things are moving along at a spiralling pace for both, but I'm good. How are you? Which,
1: which, which will end first?
0: Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it simultaneous?
1: <laughs> yeah, very tough question to answer. Um, look, you hope Parramatta can get a win against the Cowboys this weekend. We'll get into that later. But first of all, the big news coming out of last week, and it kind of, the story kind of broke directly after we finished recording last week. Is this whole contract saga going on with Clint Gufferson and how you know he's playing a bit of hardball with his club? He wants to be a million dollar player. The club doesn't want to give him that, and uh, basically, you know, it's negotiations are being held up. We know how ugly they were last time, right? Yeah, Parramatta, so- Parramatta have this huge had this huge game last week. They win, they secure, they basically keep their place in the top four, they lose, and they can drop all the way down to sixth. And this whole contract situation is looming over this game. And what happens? They lose 56 to 10.
0: Yeah, it's, the whole thing is just a, we've discussed this. So we spoke about this in the context of Souths earlier in the year, and Adam Reynolds, and he's re-signing. Okay, we've, <clears throat> we've discussed before, the role that player agents have. We've referred to John Bateman um, and his sort of grand final week contract renegotiation, which was a a major sideshow in that Roosters uh, Raiders 2019 grand final. But The the whole circus this week around Clint Gutherson and it's been going on ever since highlights a huge problem at Parramatta. um, And I think a huge problem that the game has generally. And as you said, so Michael and I decided to talk about this after some messages during the week last week, basically The NRL situation is that Gutho comes off contract from Parramatta at the end of 2022. Now, after November 1, 2021, so a year ahead of when his contract is set to expire because club contracts typically run from November through to the end of October, um, a month on, uh, a year before that, Gutho becomes a free agent and is free to negotiate from uh, November 1 and can hit the open market. Okay, so the, the whole con, the whole idea behind this conversation basically came from that point. Now, this is a ridiculous system. It's it's a system that becomes a huge farce, particularly around the finals, which is not what you want. If you're a big club um, that's that's vying for top four, you do not want these sideshows. And I, I think there's probably a a, a a lack of professionalism on the part of the club that, that is playing out now as opposed to earlier in the season, and it's become a sideshow at this time of year. But at the same time, I think there's a huge problem, and this is something that we spoke about, Mike, is just sort of the control that the agents have over this. And basically, for some reason, out of this negotiations that kicked off last week, it's become a, is Gutho a $1 million player? And then on the weekend, he answered his own question.
1: Yeah, he did. Uh, All this can really be avoided. By getting rid of it, why can you sign with a club before you have left your old club? That is the whole this. – that is what bewilders me. It's I think we are one of the only sports in the world that does this. Every other club has a transfer – every other code in the world has a transfer window at the end of the season where you can switch clubs, right? The reason why the NRL don't do it is because, oh, uh, because between – October and March, it's hard for you to – re. if you have to move clubs, it's hard to move You know, cities and jobs and whatnot and relocate families. Every other sporting person in the world does it. Why can't our players do it? It just – like the whole Adam Reynolds is leaving the club at the end of year. We already know this. He shouldn't have been able to sign with Brisbane until the end of this season. Connor Watson has signed with the Roosters next season. That's announced today, right? Why is that announced four weeks out from the finals? were nights of fighting to make the top eight like it it, all these decisions should happen at the end of a season not during the season and if you are a player who wants to renegotiate your contract and get an extension that can happen in the period one year before the end of the season and the start of a new season if you can't get a deal done before then then off you are. Then you enter free agency or whatever it is at the end of the season that you're set to depart the club. Not a year before. The year before thing is an absolute joke.
0: Yeah, it's it's just farcical. And I think that a, either mid-season, perhaps a mid-season window. Um, I, so I've said before on this podcast, I like the idea of a mid-season standalone origin period, and perhaps you get some NRLW in the middle of the season. If you're going to do that, you have a, a mid-season transfer. Window there, and um, then, but I think the ideal one is at the end of the season. uh, It keeps a bit of interest during the summer. Um, I just don't understand. There's, there's, it's just one of those things. The game doesn't have down pat properly. There's, there is so much where the the game could do so much better. If if it's not transfers. Um, transfers, loan systems, memberships. They they just always seem to be lagging in all these areas. And it's definitely something that I think the game should look at. I'm sure Parramatta would much rather that Clint Gutherson's negotiations. But Gutho is uh, in southeast Queensland. Parramatta is in Sydney. And Sam Ayub, his agent, is somewhere else in Sydney. And it's kind of like, surely that's not the best way to get it done anyway. Wait until the end of the season. You have time before November 1, after the grand final. There's a month there. And work through it then.
1: Yeah. And this is the other thing you, like you say that it draws interest. I'm, I'm a big fan of the NBA and the NFL. And I'm telling you right now, the moment the season stops, the season does not stop. It's the busiest time of the year because everyone clamors around these free agent signings. It's this big window. Everyone knows that those four or five days the, the, between the first of July and independence day in America, that's when crazy stuff happens. And everyone is glued to the news, trying to figure out which players are going where and you can monetize that. You make money off that. You put shows on Fox Sports or, in a, or or Channel Nine, whoever wants to broadcast it, and have these live decisions going on and breaking news, and that's how you draw interest into the game as well. So there's definitely there's so many benefits to the NRL changing the way uh, they have their transfer uh, their transfer window at the moment. And yeah, it's we've had these same issues for years and years. It's it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. It it needs to stop.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I, I just think that it's it's a it's such a shame for the game that it doesn't have it doesn't have a draft. It do, it doesn't have transfer windows. It doesn't have loan systems. It would make it all the more interesting. It, 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 if you had a player like at your club that could go and play for another club for a couple of weeks that you've heard is a great junior. Why wouldn't you want to watch them play in first grade and give it a run and give it a crack? I, I just, these things and, and, you know, having the, the sideshow, the problem with this now is it also gives the managers a lot of influence across the season. They have the ability, if they want to, to destabilise at clubs. Um, they leak to the media. It's just, it. I just find the whole process very frustrating.
1: I, I completely agree. Uh, we've spoken about that, I think, enough. We both have the same opinion. I know a lot of greats in the game have the exact same opinion that we do that needs to be fixed. Uh, Talking about greats in the game though, we are going to do another top four. And last week we said we would do top four coaches, Emmanuel. So, top four coaches. I think I know who you're going to have one, but there could be another option. I want to hear it. Top four coaches of the NRL era, by the way.
0: Okay, top four coaches of the NRL era. I have uh, Wayne Bennett, number one.
1: Hmm. Mm, I know who you've got, number one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Actually, yeah, I've, I've got Lane Bennett, number one, based purely on um, I just think that the success he brings to a club, I think he's proven that he can, and I think this is the probably the difference between him and number, my number two, who I think is your number one, Craig Bellamy, um, is that he has um, proven he can uh, win a comp across more than one club. Um, which I think for me was was a, a key indicator. Um, he's he's he. I think he's a fantastic coach. He 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 makes it really simple um, in terms of having players play what they see. Uh, which I think especially and of course I have a bit of bias here because he's currently the, the club coach of Souths and just the the football that he's got Souths to play over the last couple of years is incredibly different to the structures that they were under with um, with Seabold and Maguire. It's much more a, an open, free-flowing style of football, which I think is what made those Brisbane sides um, at the start of the 2000s and the late 90s so brilliant. And I even think that... Um, this is how the 2015 Broncos played as well. It was very much play as you say. You had the creative number six and the and the very um, structured number seven in Ben Hunt at the time. And I think they were unlucky um, to not have come out with the premiership. I think the whole narrative around the Broncos would be very different if they did. Um, but for me, Wayne is there just because he's a great man manager. And it often gets criticised, but he's clearly a good coach. You saw what he did in 2020 for Origin. Um, he's, he's also proven at the origin level, which I think um, differs him from the rest of the coaches that are going to be mentioned in our top four. He's proven at um, Australia, New Zealand, England, origin uh, for Queensland and across a couple of clubs. And he's coached just under
1: 900 first grade games. So he's mine all the way. Yeah, so I, I do have him second. I have Craig one. The reason I, I kind of push him down a bit is since 2000 which is basically the nrl era he has won three premierships uh he had the failed stint at the knights and left them in a bit of shambles couldn't couldn't get it done with the broncos in his second stint unsure whether he's going to get it done at the rabbitos in his second stint so really he's done it at one other place uh which is the dragons which had an incredible team that year in 2010 uh, and it was also the year that Melbourne were um, you know, Melbourne had their salary cap issues so they were out of the competition. Yeah so just three premierships in 20 years whereas Craig I just think gets it even though you can take a few off him. Uh, that's why I've got Craig number one. Uh, Melbourne have been incredible since 2001 when he took over, 2003 when he took over I think. Yeah. Uh, just things like they've never lost opening opening round of the NRL. They're always in the top four. They've lost a ton of superstars. Greg Inglis, Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk. And yet they always seem to find the next superstar of the game. And I think he's a big part of that. He's able to coach these players and bring the best out of them. And you can see it when, when players leave the storm and go to other teams they're nowhere near as effective as what they are in a Melbourne storm jumper. And yeah, I just think Craig is the ultimate professional. There is a culture at Melbourne that everyone knows that when you go there, you're going to have to work twice as hard as almost every other team in the competition. And you have to buy in, otherwise you're not going to cut it there. So have a look at Rebus Smith, for example, this year, he has been one of the better outside backs in the game under Craig Bellamy, uh, just to change of scenery. And he's totally turned around his game. So yeah, uh, uh, Craig's my number
0: one. Yeah, uh, I think for just pursuing excellence, um, getting results and um, it, just consistency, like can, uh, how are they every week just up there and just, you know, they're just a perfect football team in terms of what you see. And But even their style, like I think one of the, the, the incredible things about Craig Bellamy is how he has managed to um, – changed the style, the playing style that Melbourne plays. I mean, part of the reason for the whole six, again, being introduced was to take away the wrestle that so-called Melbourne brought in. Um, They were the first ones to have the wrestle, the chicken wing, the crusher, the uh, the cannonball, um, all these tackles that they patented in a way, um, all were uh, started at Melbourne, all came in at Melbourne. And I think that... Craig Bellamy's ability to adapt, and I, I think this actually started probably as um, before the six again actually came in, but he's actually changed the complete playing style of the football team, and because they no longer have a 45-year-old hooker, they're even faster than they probably were. And it, it's actually incredible that you've lost a player that's played 430 first-grade games, and Cameron Smith is the, 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 the on-field coach. Um, And they're actually playing a faster and more expansive and more exciting brand of footy because he is not there and are reinventing themselves. And I think the thing we've probably all forgotten is they are the defending premiers and they won with him there last year. And they are in a better position now um, than they were last year. Last year, uh, Penrith got the minor premiership um, and it's just – it's unbelievable. It is actually, it's, it, it's incredible and he's amazing and I'm really happy that he, he has stayed on at Melbourne and he, and he hasn't changed and, and gone to Cronulla, even though I still think that it would be interesting to see how he went at another club, but I don't think he needs it to prove himself. Um, but I, I still have Wayne as, just to cut above, basically because Wayne has also done Origin and the Nationals as well, and just longevity, I think.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Number three, I, I'd, I'd assume we have the same number three. I have Robbo, just because in this 21, 22-year period, no one else other than those top two have won as many premierships as him. And in an eight-year span as Roosters coach, he has won, what was it, four minor premierships, three trophies, and has only missed the top four once in that 2017 season. So I've got Robbo as my third best coach of the NRL era.
0: Yeah. I had him in my top four. I actually had Des Hasler above.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Um,
0: because I, I think Hasler is also a fantastic coach. I, I think, Mike, that we're probably going to have the same theme on all of them. But I think one thing that, that really sticks out about all these people is that they are great man managers. They do have the ability to get the best out of their players um, that they, they don't necessarily have to, and this is what is, is so like interesting about coaching, um, and is that you don't necessarily have to go out there and get the superstar. You you find the player that works around the superstar. And you know, I was watching, I was watching a lot last a lot of footy last weekend, and um, in all these games, I think you know in Hasler's team, you someone like Ruben Garrick like just completely – he was completely battling at the start of the season because he was playing Tommy Turbo's position. But you put him in on the wing and keep his job as something really simple and all of a sudden he's a try scoring machine for the club and, okay, it helps you at the edge of that back line. But you can say the same thing about, you know – someone like Colin Matungi in a Souths team or Junior Totola or even Smith, who you mentioned before from Melbourne, like all these players. I think the great thing about all these coaches is that they just make the players shine in their positions and just say, this is your role at the club and not be brought in on huge money and have the weight of expectation on their shoulder. And like, you just look at the Bulldogs and and you look at your um, Nick Kotrick and and, um, even Blake Ferguson going to Parramatta, um, and just these clubs sign these players on exorbitant amount of money. Ash Taylor at the Gold Coast, and what what are they buying them for? at This money, I just don't understand. And then these four men here just have the ability to pull something out out of nothing. And I appreciate that Hasler didn't leave the Dogs on the best terms, but he got them to um, two grand finals in three years there, including one from seventh seventh spot. Um, he won two premierships at Manly, and also had three grand finals in four years there. Um, And I just think – and Robbo's accolades are, as you said, and I just think that these four are just such a cut above the rest.
1: I agree. There is a clear-cut top four, and these are the guys who are able to develop players. Someone – maybe you can remember – someone throughout the week said that we haven't got a talent problem. We have a coaching problem in the NRL. might have been Gus. I can't remember who said it, but someone said it this week is that the reason why at the moment there's this gap between the top teams and the bottom team isn't talent. It's just coaching and it's really showing at the moment. Um, Yeah. Des is brilliant. The only other name I really thought about was Ricky just because out of all the coaches left in the NRL, he's been doing it for the longest and he's been there. He's won two premiership, no one premiership. Uh, with the Roosters, so it's been a while since he's been back there, but he was the only other name I really thought of.
0: Yeah, I think maybe if he if Canberra had sort of had a more consistent couple of years, he, he could have featured because it's really been a second coming for him after that stint at the Roosters. Yeah. Um, but these four just to cut above and and I was actually um, I was looking up South's records the other day just because they had that ten in a row. And um, Clive Churchill, master player, obviously, and he was the coach at Souths when Souths won four in five years in 67 to 71. But what you never hear about is Clive Churchill actually coached Souths uh, in 1958 or something, had three wins out of 18 in the season. He also coached the Bulldogs uh, for a stint in the early 60s and won a wooden spoon. Um, And I think that what we see is that like sometimes it just takes time like as a player you take time to develop and as a coach i think it's kind of the same thing and they just it's such a cutthroat industry like we're talking about brad arthur now he's a top four uh potentially top four coach for the third sorry for the top four coach and in the finals for the third consecutive year and we're talking about him being on the chopping block when other teams would kill to be up there yeah and i didn't even think it's the coach i think it's more the roster
1: yeah uh we, yeah, this is a question that we might delve into a bit later. I kind of disagree. Yeah. I think that Brad Arthur at the moment has lost the locker room a bit, and there's a bit, bit of a few more issues going on within like the playing group and the coaching staff at Parramatta. Yeah, that is leading to on field issues. Um, yeah. but it, but what like what you're saying is like, yeah, he's he's been a top four coach, like, his, his team has finished high on the ladder three years in a row. And yet, because he hasn't won it, he, you know, his head is now on the block, and I kind of think it's justifiably so, given the talent that they have.
0: Who knows? Who knows? Okay, Mike. So I don't know if you know, but there was extraordinary level of uh, eight out of eight in tipping last week. I'm yep. in a, a couple of comps. Um, in one comp I'm in, there's a hundred and forty-five people and there were 66 people picked the route. Um, so basically you got you seven out of eight, you actually got punished this week. Uh, and inside the top 10, um, Anthony P got seven out of eight and um, has plunged to third spot after being outright second. And um, Alexander B, who actually tweeted you during the week, Mike, he's dropped yep. from fourth to eighth. Um then obviously Mixer Tourists, um, Michael J, Paul S, yourself, Camilla, Mark V, Jimmy Stab and me uh, all picked the round. That's in the top 10 and many more below that as well. Um, extraordinary stuff, absolutely extraordinary stuff. And um, Mike, you've got yourself in a reasonable position to sort of maybe take a top three finish.
1: Yeah, I'm, um, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm worried there's going to be some hard rounds. Uh, I need to, I might need to throw in a roughie here and there to make up a few spots. If everyone's getting perfect rounds, it's going to be tough. Um, but the big, you, know, you buried the storyline there. You're in the top 10. Does that mean yeah. that people are now getting your tips? Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: sure. To be
0: honest, no one's.
1: No one's really calling out for them. (laughs) I am. I want to see see what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know.
0: That was my problem to begin with. Um, Okay, let's get into it. So it's round 23, three more weeks of footy to go. Um, All of a sudden, the ladder is just looking incredible. So just a quick run through. I don't want to drive everyone crazy. But um, Newcastle are in, so outside of the top six, Newcastle are in seventh spot on 22 points. Um, the Titans and Raiders are both on 20 points sitting in eighth and ninth on 18 points because of results on the weekend you have the Sharks, the Dragons, the Warriors and the Tigers are somehow potentially a chance of making the top eight extraordinary but I I do think they are making their annual run home for ninth spot um, and um, I think they could get there
1: yeah it's going to be an interesting race Uh, I have a question for you because you missed the top six just there uh, Roosters jumped into fourth Para have dropped down to six. Manly are fifth now If you were the side coming fourth And I saw yes. this question posed on Twitter Would you prefer to come fifth And get an easy game against Say the Titans The Tigers The Raiders Or would you prefer to get uh, Beat by Melbourne in week one
0: um, I'd go for fourth For a few reasons I think that, um, and I know you hate this stat, but I'm going to say it anyway. The teams coming fourth, fifth, and sixth have struggled against top three sides.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And they, they, they need as much practice, especially Manly, who do not play a top three side for the next three weeks anyway. Um, the Roosters have Souths and Penrith. Oh, no, the Roosters, Roosters have Souths and Parramatta have Penrith. Yeah, um, and Storm. And and storm and I, I just think you want as much um, as much um, game time against those big sides as you can possibly get, and also uh, you have the odd chance, the odd chance of a top uh, of a week off. It's very unlikely, but there's a chance you could get it. And you know what, coming up against a, a night side that that might potentially um, that might potentially be on a run by them. Why wouldn't you just want the extra, the, the chance? I think the top four is the way to go, especially knowing that no team outside the top four is ever on the pump.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I definitely agree. You'd want to top for finish. Imagine if uh, you know, a lazy uh, Mel- Felice Kafusi hangs out an arm, knocks a player out in the first 10 minutes of the game. He gets sent from the field. Or he gets simmed in for 10 minutes. So he gets simmed in for 10 minutes. You're playing 12 on 13. You score a couple of tries. You're now ahead of Melbourne. All right? You could go ahead and win that. You could go on and win that game, and you get the week off. It's the odd chance. You'd want to. You want the two bites at the apple, and just the odd chance that something goes wrong. Because look, Melbourne, Melbourne. If if Melbourne are at their best, they probably beat every team in the competition, bar maybe Panthers. Right? Yeah. a Bit of a debate there, but you know, rugby league is a funny game. Things can happen. The bounce of the ball can go the wrong way, and you can be you could see yourself having that week off in the second round of the finals.
0: Yeah. and I, I mean, it's not the greatest example. Parramatta the other night gave away a, ta- a penalty on the third tackle and never had momentum. Momentum is everything. And if the a, if a team coming fourth somehow picks up momentum against Melbourne, you never know. Manly, Especially if it's Manly.
1: Parramatta lost that game before they touched the ball. It was 10-0 before Parramatta had yeah. possession of the ball. And that was it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, let's get into
0: round 23. Okay, let's roll. Okay, so Thursday night, the Titans host the Storm, uh, who are looking for an incredible... 19? 18? 19? 19? Has anyone else lost track? Uh, yes. um,
1: I think... They're charging I, I th- for it. I think they break the Roosters record this week, the 74 record, if they beat it, if they win.
0: So the Titans for the Titans, AJ Brimson's been sidelined by a hairline fracture of the jaw sustained against Souths, and Jaden Campbell's recovered from an ankle injury and's been named in um, Brimson's place. Fogarty's been recalled at halfback, and Toby Sexton um, is has been replaced by him. The feed has been named to start, but may revert to the bench as he has in recent weeks, and Philip Sammy's named amongst the reserves for the Storm. Pappenhausen is back. The PAP is back in number one after four games coming from the bench. Nico shifts to half back to fill in for Jerome Hughes, who's going to be rested after that high shot from Corey, Harry, and Naira. And I just want to say great sportsmanship from him, despite the, the tackle. It was ugly. Um, but I just thought great sportsmanship, um, sort of seeing. Uh, Jerome off and then posting about on Twitter, on Instagram afterwards as well. It's not often you see that. So a lot of remorse with him. Um, Fanukin's also being rested after a head knot. Cooper Jones and Jordan Grant have also been added to the bench. And Harry Grant's been named to start at hooker with Brandon Smith getting a break ahead of the final. So Storm already resting players. Uh, George Jennings is back from a knee injury. So Dean Jeremiah goes out at the side. Justin Olam is being rested and his place is being taken by Sevy. No sign of Big Nelson as he continues his recovery from a hamstring. Michael, I can tell you that in this game, I'm tipping the Storm.
1: Yep. Storm by plenty. Yeah, uh, they those just they've, can't defend they've, had a, they've had a couple odd weeks, in Melbourne. They've, been, they've taken the foot off the pedal a bit. I think this is a game where they just come out all guns blazing and put a big scoreline on the Titans.
0: Yeah, and probably just take a lot of satisfaction watching um, two of their competitors belt each other on Friday night. Yeah. Um, so, the first game on Friday is the Raiders and Manly, uh, who played, doesn't seem like that long ago. They played at, um,
1: street, oh, it must it be was, long ago, but they just, I, I was street, the origin, it was around yeah, Origin. So been, yeah. yeah so and Canberra won. But it,
0: Canberra did win. That's true. Yeah. It was also a Thursday night. It was a Thursday night. So, the Raiders would be without Croker and Tom Starling but they get um, Nickel Klofstad back from a neck injury. Um, it was initially thought that would sideline him for the rest of the season, um, but he's been named to make his return via the bench. Um, Sebastian Chris comes in for Croco while Frawley joins the bench to help cover Starling's absence. And um, Harawira and I has been suspended for three weeks after that hit. Um, for Manly. Tommy Turbo's been named to play in a huge boost despite having the fractured cheekbone in the okay. game last week. Don't, Brad think Parker a frac- suffered- don't think it's
1: a fracture. That's why he's playing.
0: Mm. Brad Parker suffered a concussion when he was hit by Eels forward Madison and he'll be rested with Sule coming into the starting side. Sipley returns from suspension by the bench, um, pushing Kurt to out of the 17.
1: Manly. Yeah, Manly, uh, especially if Tom plays. If Tom plays, it's... It's, it should be curtains for the Raiders and possibly their season. It'll be tough. Um, Josh Schuster, thought he was a bit faster than what he was. Got gunned down a bit uh, on the weekend. <laughs> Had a bit of a runaway and uh, looked like he was running on a treadmill. Um, but this Manly <laughs> team is, geez, they're electric. And yeah, one, one player, I know you love him, Jack Jason Saab is, Yes, he I'm has busy. improved so much this season. He could barely find a spot on the Dragons team last year and is in the top five in try scoring this season uh, in the whole NRL. Um, yeah. Gee, he's, he's lightning with quick. With two got, other
0: manly players. With two other manly
1: players, Tom, in that uh, top five. Tom, yeah. Tom Durbo and uh, Ruben Garrick. Um, he's lightning quick. He stands at about two meters, uh, three meters tall, uh, can jump over anything. And yeah, uh, one of the better speeds in the game. So, Incredible season from him, manly.
0: Yeah, absolutely awesome. Okay, the big game is Friday night, Penrith and Souths uh, at Suncorp Stadium. So Coruscant returns from suspension. Mitch Kenny reverts to the bench. Kate Wells also returns from suspension. um, And James Fisher-Harris and Tamita Pangai Jr., who have both been away for personal reasons, are both listed among the reserves. So Kate Wells' return pushes Targo to the reserves. Cleary and Luai attracted fines but no suspensions last week, and they are good to go in a mouth-watering halves battle with the most experienced halves combination in the game, Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker. For Souths, uh, backline boosts. Gagai is back. Johnston is back. Campbell Graham is back. And Selly is the new face on the interchange with Sua pushed back to the reserves. Um this is going to be a cracking game.
1: Yeah, this is going to be an absolutely excellent game of football. Uh, Panthers started that game against the Dragons on the weekend really poorly. Like, they were, they did not look good. They found their form a bit later on, but did a lot of errors, which is unlike uh, Panthers, who are normally pretty good in completion rate. Uh I'm, I'm tipping Panthers, though. I just think they're basically, especially if you get James Fisher-Harris back, he's their forward leader along with Isaiah I just think that they're just a bit too stacked, almost full health. Um, basically, the only player missing is Brian To'o, who should be back before the finals. Um, yeah, I'm going to tip, gonna tip the Panthers.
0: Yeah, I'm going for Souths. Um... I'm I as someone who remembers when uh, South only won three in a season or five in a season. I just watched them win ten in a row. I love winning; it's wonderful, and I just want them to keep doing it. Um, I also, I also absolutely, I have to say that I love Latrell Mitchell and having him in my team. It is, it is awesome to watch him. Um and as a, because he was always in a roosters jersey, I just could never stand it. But you appreciate how brilliant he is when he's on your team. So um yeah, cracking game that one.
1: Latrell Latrell is the best catch and passer in the NRL. And it's it's yeah. not close. His ability yeah. to get that ball from like one set of hands, the other is incredible, and he's just so str- – look, I completely agree with your sentiments. It is incredible to watch him when he's in your team's jersey. He's incredible to watch regardless, but when he's in your own team's jersey, it makes it a bit sweeter.
0: Yep. Okay, next game. Saturday at 3 o'clock, uh, two teams we mentioned before, both on 18 points, um, the Tigers and Cronulla. Um, so the Tigers, with the weight of expectation, they've won two in a row, they could be in with a finals chance. McKaylee um, and Little have um, been suspended, but that's offset by the return of Tamo. Little's place at hooker is taken by Simpkin and Roberts. James Roberts is back for his first game since round 16. For Cronulla, Mulitalo has been named to play despite suffering a head knock against the Knights. Heroddy returns from a hand injury and Talakai is back to the pack. Toby Rudolph has been named from lock up to prop and Hamlin Ueli is on the interchange Aidan Tolman has been suspended for one game with dangerous contact on Daniel Saifidi. And Andrew Fafita is still in hospital, Mike, after this um, really bad laryngeal injury um, after a knock to the throat in the loss to Newcastle on Sunday. So um, Wilton has been added to the bench as he returns from a hamstring and Moylan is listed amongst
1: the reserves. Yeah, shocking news about Fafita. He's actually uh, been placed in an induced coma to try and help him. He's so he, he suffered a fractured larynx, I believe, and he just could not breathe properly. So uh, they've put him in a coma. Apparently, he is he will recover. Uh, he should he should recover completely. But scary times. And the NRL community is rallying around him. Uh, tigers have looked. Look, there, it was a bit touch-and-go there in the last five minutes, but Tigers have looked pretty decent. Adam Dewey's playing really well. Sean Bloor, who I, I couldn't not understand why he didn't get the starting job at the start of the season at second row, is a great young player, another Penrith junior. I spoke about Stefano Uticumano last week. He's been really good for them. Uh, playing big minutes as well A prop. Uh, yeah, the Tigers, look, I think they can, they can beat teams lower than them on the ladder or with less talent. But I think this Sharks team is a, is a team that currently has less talent on the park. Uh, I think the news broke today that Sean Johnson is heading back to New Zealand and will not play again for the Sharks this season. Uh, so he can get back yep. there with his family and set up. Um, I don't know how much that will affect the club, but it's basically him giving up on the season Um I'm going the Tigers. Yeah, I also back the Tigers. Um, It's amazing
0: how also the media has given up on focusing on the Tigers after a couple of wins and Parramatta's their target now. Um, (laughs) It's incredible. All of a sudden, there's no pressure on Madge and all the pressure's on Brad Arthur. But anyway, um, yeah. Okay, the next game is Bulldogs and Newcastle. The Bulldogs are looking down one of their worst seasons in about 50 years, um, which is... Terrible. Uh, it's just a prolonged time in the cellar for them. Um, Avarillo and Meany have been named despite doubts over their ability, with the availability, I should say, with the former shifting to five
1: eight to and accommodate ability, and, the and, and ability.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and the return of Flanagan and Bailey beyond the Odo, dropping um, back to the bench. Um, okay, Corey Allen is who was a late withdrawal on Sunday is back with his replacement. Ockenborg retained and. Um, Manu the one to make way. Luke Thompson's back from suspension to bolster the pack and see on the bench while um, pushing Siumana to the interchange while Topine gets a start at dummy half in place of Jeremy Marshall King who drops out of the 21-man squad and Corey w- Waddell's return to the second row sees Dory downgraded to the extended bench where he is joined by Patolo with Sioni Katola left out entirely. For the Knights, uh, Daniel Saifidi is is replaced in the front row by David Clemmer. Tyson Frizzell has accepted a one-game ban for a high tackle on Will Kennedy, and Brody Jones has stepped up from the interchange to start in his place. So suddenly he dropped to the reserves, and there are three new faces on the bench, Josh King, Mameo Say, and Chris Randall. And Mike, one of Newcastle's uh, players is returning home.
1: Yeah, I uh, mentioned it earlier before. Uh, Connor Watson signed a two-year deal with the Roosters, it uh, took less money to come back to the Roosters. He will, I think he he will be shooting into that number fourteen role for us, and just be basically the Mitchell Orbison or the yeah for older Roosters fans the Chris Flannery, uh, that utility role that basically plug and play anywhere on the field. Uh, quality player. You How many times have I said it this week? Why isn't Connor – this year, why isn't Connor Watson starting when he comes on, their attack changes? Uh, there was a 15-minute period where he was suffering an HIA uh, in this game against the Sharks on the weekend, and that's when uh, Cronulla pounced. And nights look flat. So – Yeah. yeah. I, I think he's a very quality player, Connor Watson. Uh, they're going to be missing Daniel Safedi. Uh I don't know whether he'll play again this season. Four weeks. Four weeks return on an MCL strain. Um, grade two. It might get back for the first week of the finals, but it's unlikely. And I can't see them going any further than that. So I think his season is done. Still tipping tonight. So uh, how can you tip the Bulldogs?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Knights should put up a big score um, in order to prove their for and against, which is still uh, woefully negative, despite the fact they sit in seventh spot. So, a fair bit of ground to make up there. Then, Saturday night, the Eels, our club of the month, um, are playing the Cowboys, who have lost about eight in a row now, I think. So, for the Eels, Madison, nine, eight, Yeah. yeah, lost count. Um, Madison won't play again before the finals after accepting a three-match ban um, for the high shot on Brad Parker that we mentioned earlier. He's replaced by Nia with Oregon Kofusi returning from concussion to fill the interchange role. Opacek and Oldfield have paid the price for their terrible um, edge performance, um, dumped from the squad and um, Penasini and Dunster promoted from the extended bench to take their places. Um, honestly, I don't think Dunster's defence the week before against Souths was that much better, but um, that's the price I guess you've got to pay. Um, for the Cowboys, Felt and Cowan Hess have been named despite being in doubt for the Eels game, while Griffin Neem um, is out is a definite out after he cops a one-game ban for a crusher tackle on Momalo. Cotter returns to claim that spot on the bench, and Hess and Dunn um, have again been named in 13 and 16 jumpers respectively despite swapping last week. Uh, Tal Malolo has been named on the extended bench and has a chance to play, but Burr and Tolongi will have to wait at least another week to play. Parramatta for me.
1: Yeah, Parramatta for me as well. I'm a bit confused. Murata Niakore was playing in the centres earlier in the season when Wanga Blake was injured, and it was when their defence was really good. And you, you're reshuffling the back line one of your big problems is defence, yet you replace Madison with near Corey in the second row. i prefer to push him to centre, have Papali'i slide to second row where he's been so good all season. I don't know, maybe, maybe we see that switch happen. Uh, Parramatta should win this and need to win this. They need to win this, Emmanuel. If they don't win this, see you later. I think, <laughs> yeah, it's... dark times ahead for Brad Arthur if they lose this game.
0: Yeah. Um, Mike, I said this to you during the week or over the weekend. I call my old-fashioned. I have huge concerns when your team is under a whole heap of pressure for a lack of on-field performance, Um, when it's it's going through a bit of an upheaval off the field with contract negotiations, when you're in camp and you have very little distractions and then – Two or three of your star players come out with peroxide blonde hair. To me, that sends the wrong message. It sends a lack of focus. It's, I think, as a Parramatta fan, I would be frustrated by those sort of things because I appreciate, like, at this time, um, if you're in southeast Queensland, you have a, a lot more freedom than someone that's in lockdown. And basically, the footy is is um, really sort of what's keeping a lot of people in Sydney going at the moment and if you were to come out and see that your team your players some of your star players had their stupid hairdos but were not performing you know which is what they're paid to do it'd be very frustrating so call me old-fashioned but that's what I think.
1: You're also uh, I, I presented you with a theory this week as well and you, you didn't want to mention that uh Parramatta's dance uh you know downward spiral started when uh Clint Gufferson shaved off the, the beautiful blonde locks. Maybe maybe a bit of a Samson effect. Samson loses his hair, uh, loses his power. Just something to keep an eye on. Maybe maybe as his hair grows, Parramatta get better.
0: Yeah, we do have a live camera on um, Gufferson's hair for the rest of the season. Think we'll keep you posted. There we go. Um, Sunday afternoon, Dragons and the Roosters out of Toowoomba. I'm actually really upset this isn't the four o'clock game. Um but so the Dragons and the Roosters, um, McCulloch will miss the rest of the season and has been replaced um, at dummy half by Josh Maguire with, uh, with DeBellin moving from lock to fill his place and Tarek Sims returning from suspension to don the number 13. Um, I also read that Tarek Sims is captain this week, which is um, rather exciting for him. Uh, Ellis has been promoted from the interchange to complete a new look front row, taking over Laurie, who will see specialists this week. Um, after breaking his hand against Penrith. And Billy Burns failed an HIA and will need to pass protocols to play. Dufty gets another chance at fullback. and Jack Bird moves to center and Jared Bill drops out of the 21. Clune has been demoted to the extended bench with Corey Norman shifting to half. is bumped up from the interchange to take over at 5'8. And Jaden Sullivan and Alvaro are the new faces. For the Roosters, JWH is back. After being rested last week, Isaac Liu slides back to lock to fill the hole left by Radley, who is out for the rest of the regular season. And the only other change sees Ben Thomas named on the interchange in a swap with White, who drops back to the extended bench. Tupanua um, will be monitored after suffering a head knock in Brisbane.
1: Was that the knock in the last five minutes? I think so. Um, Brewster's for me. Um, I'm not going to get into how I think it's ridiculous that Radley copped the same suspension as Hara, Wira, and Naira and Ryan Madison. Let's move on to Sunday afternoon football. Emmanuel Broncos versus the Warriors.
0: Okay, Michael, don't you know how the judiciary works? <laughs> no one does. But anyway, okay, so the Broncos and the Warriors. Uh, Brisbane were, I think, a bit unlucky last week, um, put in a good fight and will probably be fired up after that. But the Warriors are humming along, um, just having like a nice little solid end to the season. They've had some unlucky finishes. So this this should actually be a good one. Um, Milford's been promoted uh, for Brisbane into the starting side, um, replacing Tyson Gamble. And Albert Kelly takes over at number seven after being cleared um, from scans, while Danny Levi will be monitored Fineworth has been named after failing to finish training last Thursday and missing the Roosters' Clash. And David Mead drops to the extended bench. Bullamore returns to the interchange um, after making way for Milford last week. Bullamore takes the place of Zav- um, Xavier Willison, who has had badly damaged ACL. For the Warriors, DWZ returns after serving a one-game ban and will chalk up his 150th. Cozy drops to the extended bench to make way for DWZ, while Reese Walsh. Has been fined for contrary conduct um, and is free to continue his stellar debut season. Tanua Brown is promoted from the interchange to take the place of um, Jackson Frey. And while the return of Bailey Sirenen pushes Tavanga to the bench.
1: Josh Curran has been awesome for the Warriors. Uh, You know, player who kind of started the season on the bench, but etched out a way into this starting role and will probably keep it next year. He's been absolutely fantastic. Payne Haas got himself a nudie, uh, nudie run list last week. He was great versus the Roosters. Um, yeah, the Broncos put up a really, really good fight. Um, and we've been saying this about them. They've, they've looked plucky lately. They're, uh, they're giving teams a good test. They're not an easy beat anymore. Teams aren't putting 50 on them like they were at the start of the season or last year. And it seems like they've found a bit of rhythm. Their defense has gotten much better. I'm going the Broncos against the Warriors. Yeah. I'm
0: going the Broncos too. I like how they're playing for each other. I like their style of footy. just think they're going to have a bit bit too much talent for the Warriors who have been brave in this back end of the season. So running through the tips, we've both got the Storm over the Titans, mainly over the Raiders. Um, We're split in the Panthers-Souths game. Um, Obviously, you're taking... Penrith, and I'm taking South. Both gone the Tigers over the Sharks, Knights over the Bulldogs, Eels to break the drought against the Cowboys, the Roosters to overcome the Dragons, and the Broncos to defeat the Warriors. Yep. Round 23 preview done and dusted, Mike.
1: Yep. Two more weeks after this, and then we're at the great time of year, Emmanuel, finals footy. Best time of the year. Best time of the year. All right. Uh, Let's leave it there. Um, As always, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow us on all socials, and feel free to interact with us if you want. Uh, And one more thing, Emmanuel, how good is Rugby League?
0: How good is Rugby League? Thanks, Thanks, guys.